Welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller, and today I'm interviewing Julie Holly. We're going to dive into some of the subtle ways that you can make changes in your life where you can give yourself permission to be yourself, rise above the noise, and be your own loud by, again, making simple, small changes instead of jumping into the deep end. Instead, why don't you take a couple of steps towards the deep end? And Julie's going to talk about how. Julie, welcome to the show. Be Your Own Loud. grateful that Jerome connected us. For anyone listening, sometimes people make these introductions and they make these suggestions and recommendations and you let them sit in your inbox or something. And I'm grateful that that's not a practice of mine because that connected me with you. And we already had a conversation a few weeks ago and it was fantastic. So I was, I'm just thrilled and I've been listening to their podcast. I'm just, wow, I can't believe I get to share space with you. Amazing, amazing content. So let's let's get into your amazing because that's why you're here. So tell us your story. How did you get to not only being the founder and the CEO of Three Keys, but also this mindset and this kind of personal growth and development and business coach? Where did all that come from? It it came from, and my story is, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people that are listening right now, and that is that we're all created with this great inner purpose inside of us. And unfortunately, it's usually tamped down through our childhood years and as we get older and we're just kind of led to conform and led to fit an image and a mold. And yet, so I felt that that way. I, I felt I, I want to do the right thing. I want to be on the right path. My entire life, I've been living really what I call a shadow life. So not not now, I don't live that shadow life anymore, but I felt something deeper within me. I felt a deeper calling. I felt a deeper purpose and I wanted to pursue it. And yet I wanted to like follow within the guidelines and conform to what we are taught to do. And here's the thing, I chose to take that leap on myself. And I've done that multiple times. I did it by graduating college early and starting a a career in public education. I did it by leaving, courageously leaving public education and going into residential real estate sales. And then again, courageously, after being very successful, pivoting again and taking another bet on myself and going back into public ed. So I've done this thing where I've chosen to follow a call instead of follow the cookie cutter mold. And it's extremely uncomfortable. But in that journey and in that pursuit, it's what I call like, I like to call it the the jawbreaker. You ever eat jawbreakers as a kid, Matt? Oh, yeah. Right. They're pretty phenomenal. Okay. I mean, you know, the the (laughs) store as a kid, I don't think I want to eat them anymore. I don't think that my teeth would want me to eat them anymore. (laughs) But when you eat those those jawbreakers as a kid, they like pull back and they have different colors involved and different flavors sometimes. And really, that's what I think my life has been. It's been like following the different experiences, melting away different one shell of it. I used to use an onion analogy, but I don't want to be a stinky onion making people cry. The jawbreaker just lets you see the different layers of life. And that's what I've been able to do by being courageous, by following and taking that bet on myself. And that led me ultimately into finding real estate syndication, starting three keys investments, 
And then again, pivoting and adding the two, blending my two worlds together. And this is what I love about it is that if you're willing, all of your life can come together in this amazing succession. And that succession for me is blending education and real estate together. Mm. And mindset goes in that. And it's now I can serve a whole person. I can serve them financially and I can serve them as a human being. You said something that... I haven't really heard the term, but it's it's perfectly said, which is this idea of shadow life. And so many of us are terrified to get out of the shadows, whether that's because of upbringing, social norms, or whatever. There had to have been something that happened with you. You have to unpack that more. Like, like you just don't come out of the shadows while one day you're like, man, or whatever. It's something like usually it's a life event or somebody enters into your life or a gift is given by whatever you believe that there's out there. Talk to us a little bit more about that, please. Yeah, that's going to get really messy, Matt. You like to get messy? I do. Bring it on. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're, we're going to get messy if we're willing and we're gonna do a little time travel here. I'm a firm believer and I wasn't raised this way, but when we're willing to courageously question our own belief system, and it takes courage because if you are unwilling to realize that maybe something that you were taught and led to believe isn't, um, maybe there are some faults in it, maybe there are holes, that means that you have to you know, reconcile that in your own life. So as we time travel, we have an opportunity to let our past experiences inform us of the future. As I look at my past and I look at my upbringing, which I had a wonderful family, I had a great upbringing. So there are, I'm not complaining or pointing fingers of negativity, but you look at where are you at, where are you at in your familial status and where were you at growing up? I was the lone girl. I have three older brothers and I was the baby of the family. And I realized as an adult how significant that was in shaping my life. But more so, I had to find my own voice. I wanted to be so much like my brothers. I wanted to fit in with them. I was always looking for their acceptance and approval, but I was always a kid sister. So I get into sports, do the extreme sports because those were trending when I was growing up. It's like, yeah, I'm like the first girl snowboarder on the mountain. That's really cool. But I was following those things for other people. And once my brothers left for college, I was finding my own voice. And I felt very isolated, very alone. I found sports, I found rock climbing, and then I started finding my people. And that's great. That was like the healthy side. But really, the messy side of it was that I was I found myself in a very young marriage, marriage, very young, and then I found myself in a very abusive situation, which was very counter everything that I had been raised with and protected from because I lived in a bubble world. Through that, I was completely brought to the brought down, like just to the point where it's suicidal. What should I do? And I had extremely, I have an extreme faith in God and I still carry that faith, which is really cool because when you're this person that comes from a bubble world and you're in this horrible situation, and let me tell you, if you're listening right now, I was like the list check boxer of all, anybody who could check off a list of being like the goody, good, good, good. I was that person and I felt betrayed by my beliefs. I felt betrayed by everything that I had been 
brought up with. Like, how could you? So there I was, Matt, driving down the freeway, nighttime. This sounds like a movie. Nighttime freeway. It's even raining, okay? I have, okay. yeah, I, I could not make this up. I have tears just streaming down my face. My cheeks are just hot on fire. I'd never cussed. I was cussing God out. Oh. How could you do this to me? I've done everything you want. Mm. And when you reach those points to where you are life and death and everything that you believe in is up on the table, you find out what you're made of and you find out what you have to give to the world. Mm. So I made a lot of very powerful decisions in that moment as I drove down the freeway. I made a decision to counter everything I believed in to leave a marriage that was one way or another going to be the end of me. The first person in my family to do that. So when you tap into being a trailblazer, it, un, it gives you this incredible strength to do even more. And then you start wondering, I was just given a second chance on life. Yeah, That's how it felt. totally. Yeah. It's a matter of, okay, I have this second chance on life. You're still awesome, God. I don't get all that, but I'm not going to leave you. What do we have to do? What's the mm -hmm. work in the world? And whether or not somebody has the same faith as I do or not, doesn't change the fact that people were put here on this earth with a purpose, with a calling, with something deeper within. And so by taking that risk on myself in one of those most difficult situations that I think people face, it taught me, go deeper, go deeper and inspire others. Hmm. When you have the opportunity, there's a funny Simpsonisms that I use often it's a crisis and opportunity. It's crisisunity. And uh, that's what happens there, right? You have a crisis and then it becomes this opportunity, whether it's an epiphany, whether it's you giving yourself permission to make major, really incredibly difficult changes in your life. But growth is hard, right? Growth is really uncomfortable. What, what do you tell people? Because a lot of times when you're in that growth or you're pivoting or you're making a shift in life, it's it's terrifying because it's unknown. People generally don't like change. But the freedom you feel after you have bridged that gap is something you've experienced, I've experienced, and a lot of our listeners have. But how do you help somebody have that faith, that courage to take that that leap, that jump, that shift, that pivot in order to find out what potentially their life could be? Gosh, Matt, that's such a great question. And honestly, Although you and I and so many of you listeners have made that shift, I think so many more people still are caging parts of their lives. And that sounds really dramatic, but man, people are caging themselves in. And even if you've felt like you've freed most of your life, there's still another part of your life that you can release and uncage. And part of that is just a simple practice. If you've never done it before, there is a starting spot. It's, you know, it's a really 
silly little things, right? Change your route to work. Just start becoming familiar and comfortable with change and growing and flexing that muscle. It's like if we go to the gym to work out with our personal trainer, they're not going to, you know, put us with weights that are going to, you know, sink us. They're going to start us out small and build us up. And so just building this into your life in different ways, maybe it's having an uncomfortable conversation with a person in your life that's safe to, so that you're, you're learning to flex that muscle and grow that muscle of, I can be in an uncomfortable situation. I can still feel safe. I can be present being aware of what's happening with our body, with our breathing, and with our internal emotions, uh, so that we can show up in really powerful ways. It's simply, uh, it's just those little steps along the way for most people that get them. Very few people have that courageous, sure, that courageous courage within them to just jump into the deep end. Fortunately, I think many people don't have the circumstances forced upon them that forced that type of decision. What do you think? Well, I, I went to see Tony Robbins a number of years ago. He was talking about his whole founded massive action. Yes. I have a friend of mine here in town. She's a director of communications for the Girl Scouts. And, and I am a huge fan of the Girl Scouts. And we just had coffee right before she left to go to see this Tony Robbins event. And she was asking me how it was. And I was like, I'm the kind of person who I don't have a problem jumping into the deep end. I don't. I, and maybe it's because I have exercised that muscle so much throughout my life that that doesn't bother me. But this is the issue that I have so much with people who want to make change. It's like, okay, so it's it's the end of the year. We're coming up into the holiday season here in 2021. This has been a hell of a ride for the last couple of years, right? <laughs> and you know, this is when everybody's going to be hiring you and hiring other people to help me set goals and change my life. And then what ends up happening, Julie, and this drives me because I was a coach and consultant for a long time, is I need to lose weight. Okay, so what do they do? They go to the gym, they hire a personal trainer, and they push themselves way too hard. And then they're sore, and they're defeated, and then they quit. What you just said there is so brilliantly simple and so important. If you want to lose weight, go for a walk. If you want to start making changes in your life, brush your teeth with your other hand right? Those little itty bitty things all of the sudden start making you more and more comfortable with change because so many of us, when we hit that wall of change, we we bounce off and fall down and we're like, oh, my knee, instead of being like, okay, I'm going to come up to that wall and I'm going to figure out how to climb over the damn thing. So I love that. That was super, super smart. Climb over it. What? We're going to freaking knock that wall down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pretty lighthearted person. I've, I've endured significant losses in my life. So I, I've miscarried a couple of babies. My dad dropped dead unexpectedly, perfectly healthy. I've endured some pretty significant curveballs in life. And yet we have an opportunity to decide and to unleash that person within us. Sure. And to say, you know what? I can still be lighthearted. I can still enjoy life and see the world for more. And when it comes to those baby steps that you're talking about, that's just all life is. It's just, just take one step. Don't burn yourself out. I like to have fun. Do you like to have fun? I like to have fun in life. <laughs> I don't, I don't need life to be 
difficult because life is going to bring its own series of difficulties. But when we approach the challenges and we approach them with that positive mindset and re, you know, going back on what we've been through and like, okay, I've done that. I've already uh, walked over a two by four, so I can go over this little short three foot wall. Oh, I, can, I did a three foot wall. Now I, I can get over this eight foot wall at the Spartan race. That's fine. Yeah. We can do that. And we bring the people around us also. We find our tribe. So we have to, but to find our tribe, we have to find out who we are. And you and I had this conversation. It's about who are you and figuring out what's within you that you have to give to the world. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy over the moon. Like you're going to change things like, wow, do you bring joy to the world around you? Do you bring ideas to the world around you? What is it like? It doesn't have to be anything that is Steve Jobs changing, changing the face of technology. Well, but he didn't even start. And this is the stuff that drives me crazy about this is he didn't even start by changing the whole freaking world. He built a computer. That's the, that's the stuff that, that you talk about this on your website. And you and I spent a little bit of time talking about this before we came on the show. But it's this idea that that there is something under the surface that all of us have, no matter how small you think it might be, that level of impact that you can make by smiling at somebody, being kind, doing something nice, giving back, volunteering, whatever it might be, maybe Maybe it's crochet. I have a friend of mine who crochets winter hats. I live in Michigan. It's freaking cold here. And she crochets with these hats. And the funniest thing is, is this is something she was doing anyway. And she decided that she wanted to create a Facebook thing during COVID. The joy, Julie, that people have on their face when they take pictures with her or, or with the hats that she makes that changes the world, right? Her crocheted warm hats, the little fuzzy thing on the top, really change people's lives. And it's those little itty bitty things that can do that, that make such a huge difference. All right. Next question for you, which is this, why do it? Why? Why not just stay there? Why not just stay in the rut? Why not just stay all conditions normal? Because it's so much easier. So do we choose easy or do we choose fulfillment and satisfaction like if we're living if we're settling in life if we're living in that gray zone like we will have touches of the rainbow from time to time but why not live in the rainbow it really truly is a choice that we make and unfortunately people so many people like i mentioned the cage but we just want to stay in the structure because it feels so safe and warm. But in all reality, uh, 2008 hits or 2020 pandemic hits. It's not safe. It's a false illusion of safe. And so why not step out of the you know little cocoon that feels safe? Why not live in the rainbow? You're going to have ups and downs in life, no matter what you, no matter where you are, there will be ups and downs and those are blessings. So when you learn to receive those ups and downs as the opportunity, as you pointed out earlier, you see those as an opportunity, you're going to face them either way, face them in the rainbow. You're going to have joy as you go through it. And that satisfaction that of living into your purpose and this Again, I cannot reiterate it enough. I feel like people have made this whole concept of find your purpose and meaning in life. And it's, you know, you'll be so satisfied. And they make it seem 
out of reach. Yeah. And I want to reassure everyone, like everything that you have to offer is completely within reach. For me, and I would love to hear how this was for you, Matt, but for me, I started leaning into what are my passions? I love to serve people. I love to educate people. I love to support people growing into their next version, no matter what age they are and where they're they're at in life. That's been my entire life. Mm. That comes naturally. What comes naturally to you for that, for your friend, crocheting was just a natural joy. What the heck? We're conditioned that we have to do these other jobs because they quote, pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And so instead of leaning into what makes us happy, and I didn't believe this for the longest time, but I have learned and I have proven it in my own life. When we choose to lean into the things that we find joy and pleasure in, truly you don't work a day in your life, although sometimes it is work, but you're able to create the, the job, the business, the life that you want all by design. So if you're listening to this and you're like, that just sounds like a bunch of hooey, Julie, <laughs> think about what brings you joy. Think about the little things that you like. And it might be, you know, what? I really like buying a cup of coffee for the person behind me in line. Mm-hmm. It might be, I really like picking up a bag and or getting the can. I did this the other day at the store. It brought me joy. A woman said, can you reach that on the top shelf? That brought me joy. And that lets me know it's a picture of what's inside of me. And we look at these little things again, just like we're not going to jump into the deep end. We'll flex that muscle slowly and surely. When we say, what are the little things that bring me joy? Now you can say, well, what does that represent? Well, that represents service. That represents empathy or compassion. Like now you're able to start seeing those things and just seeing those little snapshots, you can grow them. Something just came across my, my, I I have a very specific routine in the morning where I, I I get my coffee and I, I read news from all these different sites and uh, they're calling this the, the great resignation. 4.5 million people in the United States have decided they're not going to go back to work in the way that they did before. And there's all sorts of wild speculation all over the place, but it seems that this forced quiet that many of us had to experience through this pandemic has really forced people to be at least open or, or realize that I I don't want to live that way. Like maybe I can have some more control in what we're starting to see in some of the stuff that's coming out from, from actual research organizations that that's what these 4.5 million people are doing. They're trying to take a little bit more control in themselves. Now, that's another big component though, Julie, is so many people feel like so much is out of their control. How do you help people take those baby steps, flex those, those muscles when it comes to them not feeling like they have control. Cause you driving down the road in the rain, tears streaming down your face, cheeks being really hot, having that epiphany, you didn't have a lot of control in your life, but you seized that. What can you do to help people who don't feel like their life is in control as much as they'd like to start making gradual improvements so that they embody and feel more in control? That's a really, I love this question. People say that because they're stalling for time. No, I'm not stalling for time. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> here's, here's, here's an approach to living life. And the Stoics, I love, I love Stoicism. It, and I think that more people, because I feel like that trans, 
that's a good balance between, oh, uh, if you're not religious or you don't have some type of faith, it really, it just gives a philosophical basis for approaching life. And what is it? Momentum Mori, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. We all come into this world with, and this is going to sound, if you're not stoic, it's going to sound really harsh, <laughs> but we all come into this world with a terminal condition. And that terminal yep. condition is called death. We are mortal. We will die. And the concept is, are, are you going to, you know, be dead holding the chips in your hand? Or are you going to be dead with all the chips on the table? Yeah. And one way we can ex experience that is I call it living open-handed, right? We have to simply leave our hands open. We can't hold, the more we hold on to anything, the more trapped we actually become. Control is a complete false illusion. We will never have control over anything. Last night, I had an incredible windstorm surrounding my house. I don't have control over some of the leaning trees on my property that could have easily just come over and smacked down the house. Like there are some, we think that we have control over these things. We think we even have control over the days of our life, but they are numbered. My dad, his life, my true north, definitely made that clear to me. And that's one of those growing points, you know? And so I'd encourage people where you are at, find some role models and you can borrow from my narrative. And my narrative is, hey, wow, I did the check the box, do all the right things. And I didn't have control over how that, I did have control over how that turned out. I didn't have control over all the circumstances. Sure. My, I, I lost a, babies. I didn't have control over that. I didn't have control over my father's premature death. I say premature because I just miss him because he's super great. It was just the right time. It was his right time. All that to say, borrow from people's narratives and say, well, if I don't have control over these circumstances in the life, what do, again, going back to stoicism, what do I have control of? I have control over me. I have control over what I am thinking between my ears. I have control of how I'm responding to the world around me. That's a lot to take in if you haven't taken in any of that. Yeah. So simply release your hands and say, I have no control and that's okay. I can have a great attitude and then you can start growing from that. And what I like, Matt, is that things fall on our lap. We have opportunities. We have, we have wonderful, I had this amazing opportunity to spend time with you and your production career right now behind the scenes. This is a great opportunity just filling me and it's going to spill over and hopefully it spills over into the world around me, you know, as I share this around. Instead of looking for control, why not pivot that perspective and look for opportunity to give, to serve, to be present? I have the memento mori ring because oh. i am a huge fan of stoicism I, as a philosophy major in college which was like the worst degree possible but best the idea degree ever well it really is the best degree ever but nobody gets it because it's it almost makes you unemployable it makes you entrepreneurial i'll tell you that the reason why i wanted to circle back to that is, is because part of understanding that you don't have control is that acceptance of 
as depressing as it sounds, hey, we're always going to die, right? And so what are you going to do while you're here? And I believe that every single solitary day that we're on this planet is a freaking gift. And you should wake oh, yeah. up every day and you should say, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm in this bed. I have a home. You know, all of those little things. And in fact, if you want to start making one small change towards real big mindset changes, it's, it's, I think it's gratitude. Being very grateful for what you have, what's right in front of you, and taking that time to be grateful. Now, I am incredibly grateful for you, and I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. But I have a question for you, which is, what should I have asked you that I didn't? I know I'm supposed to be prepared for that question, <laughs> but I think you need to ask about... Who and why? Okay. That would be the question. I think we need to go into who and why briefly. Bring it on, sister. Yeah, I think that oftentimes, especially if you're in the business community, we are conditioned, and it's a fancy fabricated condition, to believe that we need to be pursuing a why. And that this why we are doing things is far more important than anything else. And if we understand our why, we will be able to push ourselves through all the obstacles. Mm. And I think that that is another opportunity for people to fall into shadows. Oh, e elaborate. So when we choose to pursue our why, we're just creating a whole entire another cage. We're creating, it's just another structure oh. around us. And that why becomes something that we're chasing after. And chasing after our why is going to continue to leave us empty. And it seems counterintuitive, right? Because why is like, well, I'm doing this to create generational wealth within my space of real estate syndication and investing. It's like, I, I, you'll hear people say, I am doing this because I want to create a different lifestyle for my family. And I want to give back to the world. And I want time freedom. And those are all great things, but that's no different. How, how is that any different than chasing after the Ferrari or chasing after? It's still something external and it won't fill us. And we need to replace why with who. Who am I? Who am I showing up as at this point on my, I view life as a timeline and heartbeats, right? We are given this gift of heartbeats and we're given this timeline. Who am I showing up as right now on my timeline? Do I like that person? And who do I want to show up as down the road? When I'm looking back at the end of my life, am I going to look back and be so excited and stoked on this version of myself? Am I going to high five this person and say, Dang, you lived big. You were bold. You were courageous. Again, that doesn't mean you're in the deep end of the ocean. Those are small steps. It's more about the process and saying, who am I in this process called life? Not mm. why. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? That's, we don't need to chase after anything else. But if we are focused, and again, for, for my upbringing, it's like, am I just being a selfish person and narcissistic? No, I'm not. Am I showing up? as a great person in this world? Am I contributing of myself, not necessarily to other things? Damn, that was good.
That was awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm done. We're, we can't. We can't go any farther. That was. That's like the, that's the exclamation point on the end of the show. Julie, thank you so much. Now, if if I'm sure that people have been listening to you and they're like, "This lady's amazing," what what is the best way for them to connect with you, uh, reach out to you if they want to find out a little bit more about what what you do from a coaching perspective or an investment perspective? What's the best way for them to reach out? The best way I love to extend a what I call the back door to audiences like yours because you know if you're listening to this and this message is resonating with you then I feel like you get to come to my home and I have a virtual home it's a website but a lot of people have this really fancy front page of their website that feels really sterile and everything granted I love my front page website but I'd like to invite everybody to just join me and join me come to the back door of my house at julieholly.com And when you go there, you'll just see my life and it will give you access to all the different components. So you'll have access to Three Keys Investments, my investment company that helps people create uh, tax deferred wealth strategies through real estate. And then you have access to my podcast, The Conscious Investor, and then you have access to a book list over Mm. and access to my five-week book and networking club. There are lots of facets. People try, try to contain me a little bit. I'm like, oh, there's so many parts of yeah. who I am and what I have to offer. And I love that because that means that there's something, there's a way that everyone can be served. And I'd also like to invite, if you are listening and you're on Facebook, for better or for worse, whatever your sentiments are on that, but I do have a private Facebook group that you are welcome to join. And you'll probably find like-minded people there called The Conscious Investor. Nice. And we will make sure that we have all of those links in our show notes. Julie, it was an absolute honor and pleasure meeting you, having this time with you. And I cannot wait for our paths to cross again. I am looking forward to it as well. And we can talk stoicism. We'll just absolutely. We'll, we'll just spend, <laughs> let's have a pint with you sometime in Michigan on a snowy oh my day. <laughs> we'll just yeah. talk Stoics. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I would absolutely love that. Not a lot of people want to talk about that. I'm sure as you know, because you know, the whole <laughs> yes. morbid undertones, but it's brilliant and fantastic. Everybody please take time and, and follow, follow Julie, connect with her on all the social media platforms. As she said, go to her website. Uh, her website is really, it, it feels different. So it's not, like a normal, I don't know. There's just something about it. And you'll notice that right when you go there. And again, we'll have it's all my of those soul. links. It, well, and it's I don't know soul. who my- built that for you, but sister, it did a great job of getting it in there. She did. She's amazing. Go to authentic.com if you're looking for someone to put your soul virtually. <laughs> Wow. And we'll put that in the show notes too. Okay, Julie, thank you very much. So for Julie and all of us here at Proudmouth, if you have not subscribed to the show, make sure you do. Uh, If you know somebody who really needs to hear this, share it, that'd be great. But most importantly, try to make those small incremental steps to make it so that you can make the changes that you want in life so that when you show up, you're the person you really want to be. Because you know what? You might as well be yourself because everybody else is taken. This is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.